What's going on, Trophy Kids? It is the NFL Podcast. We had a huge week last week. Went a perfect 6-0, crushed the Chiefs game. Got both the game side, total, and first half number right. It was a great week either way. So the pressure is on. Don't know if we can duplicate a 6-0 week, but we're going to try. We're picking every game this week. We appreciate your support throughout this football season. We hope that you've enjoyed this content. I think this episode is really good. Um, So thank you for supporting us, and let's roll. Welcome Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is January 21st, and we are back for the NFL divisional rounds after having an absolute murderous row of wildcard weekend. I mean, me and you both, you especially, murder the Chiefs game. I mean, got total, got the game side and first half nailed. We went six for six. Perfect week. How are we doing today, good sir? I am well. How are you? Doing good. The pressure is now on, though, because once you have a week like that, it's like, oh, now people are listening, paying attention. The years perk up. I'm a little nervous going to the breakdown, but we got some games to talk about. We do. We got some good ones, man. I'm pretty excited. Very excited. I mean, it's a very good week. I felt like the wild card board last week spoke to me a little bit more. I can say that in hindsight after going, once again, 6-0 and um, for those that keep in trout. I got I to gotta rub it in given them how bad my season started this year, um, but... The uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I will say I can finally sit on. We can both sit on it that Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys had slightly been proving us wrong. I had said they're a disaster of a team. They're going to implode. This is not going to be their season. They went further than I thought. But Mike McCarthy at the end of the day exploded, and the whole Dallas Cowboys team exploded. How did you enjoy yeah. that game? I really enjoyed. It. I tell you what, man. It's, as always, well, not as always, but generally, the Cowboys will go to the playoffs and not win a game. That's what happened. Um, on a side note, Dak Prescott, maybe like don't applaud people throwing things at officials. If you want to get some calls as a quarterback going forward, you know, roughing the passer calls, something like that. Yep. Not, not a great idea, especially, you know, you're like 28 years old. you got a long career ahead of you. So you, you don't want to do that. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a, an implosion by the Cowboys. We were waiting for it, and it, it happened. I mean, just it also, one, 100% correct on your point, but two, like, you're also wrong. Like, the yeah. you don't get to spot the ball. That's never how this has ever worked. Now, don't, right. like, I don't disagree that the ref running into you was not ideal, but, like, you don't get to spot the rule ball. That's just the rule. Like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, I don't know how to help you here. Um, yeah, I agree. And, 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 and to his credit, you want the official maybe to react quicker. I mean, he's way behind the play there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've, you and I have, bash the officials like none other but we don't play the game so <laughs> this is correct. <laughs> we can do this yes. um and that can do it too but just like you know they you don't want to do that like they're making calls for you so just i don't know just yeah. something to think about <laughs> really really dumb all in all but i agree in this once again i mean there is validity to that point that like be a little bit more on top of mr official but you and i have jumped onto that bandwagon I will say you created it, and I was like, that's a damn good point, that we do need to have a little ageism in the NFL. Like, I know it's not probably the right thing to say, but, like, refs in this game, like, it's a fast game. You got to be physically with it. Like, there are certain jobs in this country that still have rules. Like, you phase out age-wise in the FBI, for example, because you have to be able to physically do the demands of the job. 
there should be some type of physical litmus test, eye movement test too, because they miss shit all the time. I think that's because their eyes are just <laughs> old. But like that, you can get down in the field pretty quickly. I don't think that's crazy to say. <laughs> no, you know I'm fully on board. Yeah, so that was tough. Also, Mike McCarthy. I mean, just beautiful job doing a little punt team and then running the offense on also not knowing the rules that if you sub the defense also gets to sub you're not going to get to like pull one over on them here and then it's just like mind numbingly the discipline thing came back to bite him in the butt it's just it's a mike mccarthy team so he didn't have aaron Rodgers to bail him out essentially that's kind of what i was about to say he, he just didn't have you know Dak's really good but he doesn't have that generational quarterback to bail him out Correct. And Kellen Moore. We we're also writing Kellen Moore. His offenses, for whatever reason, as the season progresses, they just kind of get worse and worse, which is odd. Yeah. Like, he deserves some criticism here. I would say, out of all the coaching candidates, if he gets hired over, like, Dables or Eric Benemy or Al Todd Bowles, a defense coordinator, some of these other coordinators, like, whew, I don't know if that's the best decision there because of how effective he's been. One quick thing, just bringing up coaching search. If Minnesota hires Dan Quinn, do they just bring in Mike Zimmer too? Like, <laughs> I mean, is that the same hire? Is that the yeah. same thing? Yeah, it, it 100% is, given we yeah. saw what he did in Atlanta, which, then again, he did get to a Super Bowl, but a good portion of that was Kyle Shanahan running the offense. So, <laughs> outside of that. Just, uh, that seems like, that seems, I mean, I know he's a candidate, and maybe he won't get hired, but that seems odd. Yeah, it's 2.0. You're you're actually 100% right. I hadn't thought of that yet, but yeah, it's just Zimmer 2.0. Unless he yeah. somehow nails his offensive coordinator higher, which Zimmer did not do. So I guess Dan Dan gets some credit there because he nailed the Kyle Shanahan higher once, but then yeah. didn't replace him very well. So um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just something to think about. Yeah, also doesn't seem like a smart move given that team is clearly built for offense now, not really defense. So probably should get an OC mind or an offense minded head coach given that's where your strength lies. But hey, uh, yeah, I, what do we know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nothing. Apparently nothing. It's it always baffles me like how it's incredibly hard to get to these jobs. This actually leads me to another point. We're just going off random things, but like I feel like they just get to these jobs and the pressure gets to them and their brains just go to mush because they're clearly like people in these positions are have to be smart to get there most of the time. There is a there is a lot of incompetency in the NFL and like nepotism, but like there are a lot of smart guys, but they just make some really dumb dumb decisions. I, they, I don't understand I, it. I wonder the same thing. You know, I I look at like when a personnel change, for example, took Washington, you know, eight weeks to move Landon Collins to be like kind of like an inbox linebacker. I'm sitting on my couch every Sunday, you know, four beers deep knowing that this needs to happen. And I'm like, what's going on here? (laughs) Like, (laughs) How come I know this? but No one on the organization knows. Dude, it's incredible. I've been talking with friends recently. And I think what we need to do is we need to create a critical downs position where it's just like an average Joe, like me or you or some hell, even the eight year old playing Madden generally knows like, Hey, let's not throw a screen here on third and goal. When the defensive line runs four fours and we have a shit offensive line. Like, just like, I'm not saying we naturally come up with a play, but we're just in the earpiece. Like, no, that's a dumb one. Go to your next play. Like critical down coordinator. You know, we're consulting. Uh, Maybe we should go, Hey, maybe take a timeout right here. Something like that. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, It's what we need in the NFL. It's just there's yeah. such just dummery going around. 
as I make yeah. up words here in my new critical yeah. critical down coordinator job. <laughs> we can help with personnel too. Like, mm, no, that was stupid. Um, he blew out his ACL two years ago and hasn't been the same player. Like, let's let's not let's not pay him eighteen million um, or whatever. Um, all right, cool. What were we even talking? Oh, Dallas. Yeah, that was just bad. I don't know if I have anything else before we get into the games. Nah, they suck. I hate them. Yeah. That they do, and it's their off season's going to be interesting. I, Jerry, I, I wonder what's going on in Jerry's brain right now because you know he's like my clock is ticking and I cannot put up with this shit much longer. So what are we doing? When is he going to get like? I mean, he's already kind of crazy, but when's he going to get like real crazy and just like real cutthroat? Yeah, I think it, it it might be coming. Yeah, bloody Sunday might be coming for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Um. I don't really have much else, I think, last week. We'll talk about some of it through the games, I think, when we cover them. Um, so let's just get into it. You know, we, we, we've got a record to uphold. We're going to start Bengals-Titans. We were sort of correct. Most interesting game ended up being sort yeah. of the Bengals-Raiders. I mean, came down mm-hmm. to the last minute. I had, and I'm, nobody on this podcast can believe me, but I have eyewitnesses everywhere. That drive, <laughs> I called that interception. I literally turned to my girlfriend. She was about to punch me because she is a diehard Bengals fan. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm went crazy you know her diehard mm-hmm. i yeah. was like this they're not going to score on this drive they're not going to score on this drive and i was just watching i was like he's gonna throw a pick on this next play literally next play throws a pick i was like fuck <laughs> i literally looked around like she looked at me like what in the fuck and i was like i just could tell like it was Derek Carr's time it was the greatest moment of my life calling that out but <laughs> the Bengals magic rolls on the line's at three and a half over under 47 and a half does the magic end here or can they put one over on the Titans in Nashville with Derrick Henry back? Dude, I mean, it's hard for me to go against the Bengals. And, I mean, I know a lot of people have been kind of disrespecting Titans as a one seed, and I, I kind of have been, I'll admit it. I, I have. Um, this game is tough just because, you know, the Titans, one thing that I love about for the Bengals is the Titans, their pass defense is pretty poor. Um, as far as, you know, a prop bet, I like Jamar Chase. I got him. Looking at him at 77 and a half, I kind of liking him over there. Um, he can break that in two passes. So that, that's why I just, I can't not take him over there, especially with the t- Titan fast defense. As far as the, the line goes, I, as long as this stays at a hook, I don't know how you can't go with Cincy. Um, I'm tempted to literally take them on the money line, but I, I just can't do it. But you give me them three and a half, just the way that they're playing right now. And against the Titans team, that I'm sorry, I know they're getting Derrick Henry back, and that that's huge. We'll see what kind of workload he can handle. I mean, they'll probably try to just give it to him as much. I mean, what what do they have to lose? It's, I mean, I mean, long term injuries concerning, but when you're going for a Super Bowl, you got to go for it. But as long as I'm getting this hook, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, I just can't I can't fully trust the Titans, which is dumb because they're coming <laughs> off a of bye week as the number one seed. But I, they're just I mean they they I mean. They're either the third or fourth best remaining AFC team as the number one seed. I mean, how can you, you can't say they're better than the Chiefs of the Bills. No. In my opinion. Yeah, no. I would I would agree with that opinion right now, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. No, the Rabel has been incredibly good in his short tenure as a head coach with eight plus days of rest. Um, so that is an interesting conundrum. It's hard because I don't know this Titans team. And more importantly, Ryan Tannehill is a completely different quarterback with Derrick Henry. I mean, when you look at and Julio Jones and AJ Brown, it's a small sample size. He only had 11 snaps with that trio intact. 
but he was averaging 9.5 yards per attempt with the trio. Without that trio, he was averaging 5.2 yards per attempt. Pretty decent decline. All of their efficiency numbers, like any advanced statistic you look at, is vastly improved. They go from like a top 20 offense without Derrick Henry to like a top 10 offense, passing-wise, Tannehill with him. Um, the play action, and that is something the Bengals are very susceptible is play action. So it's interesting. I don't know how effective Derrick Henry is going to be with coming off that foot. I'm sort of waiting to make a pick just to read and hear a little bit more. I mean, apparently practice went well, his first contact practice. But the thing I've always heard is like when they put a steel rod in your foot, bigger human beings tend to have trouble coming back from them. Now it is Derrick Henry. He's a monster machine, almost like Adrian Peterson-like, where like we all remember him coming back from that knee. Like, what are you, the Terminator here? Um, like just pure machine. But if he can't, if he's not very effective, I don't know. At some point, I would think the Bengals would realize, okay, play action isn't as much of a threat, and we don't we can drop back a little bit more, and then Tannehill becomes susceptible. Um, you're right, the player pops. I like Jamar Chase. I really like Tyler Boyd because the Titans give up a ton to slot receivers. Boyd is the primary slot receiver. I haven't looked at his prop yet, but I think he's in the 40s. I was gonna say he's a guy I would strongly look look at. I'm not. It's interesting. Now, I would be interested to see if Zach Taylor puts Jamar Chase in the slot a little bit here because Titans have done well guarding the sidelines. They bring a lot of good pressure or natural pressure, but they can be got. And we that's the magic of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And yeah. as long as that magic's going, this team is good. If that magic isn't going, though, my Zach Taylor haters know I'm right on this. Zach Taylor is not a good play caller. Like, they bail him out. The talent bails him out. I mean, this man is calling on goal line. It was, what, like, second and eight, second and ten? He called a run. Like, just a complete waste of a down. Um, yeah. Like, he just does some of the dumbest things play calling-wise um, and just waste downs, waste opportunities. It, it's a very kind of basic offense. Not a lot of motion. Not a lot of, like, hiding. Like, if, if Joe Burrow's in shotgun, they're throwing the ball. Like, it's just like they don't even attempt to really run it. So, yeah. we'll see. But Jamar Chase and Burrow are playing? Oh, man. It's tough. There's a lot of magic in that duo. Yeah. By the way, Tyler Boyd, 45 and a half. Ooh, I do kind of like that. I got to look over his numbers a little bit more. But I just – there's a part of me that's like I really like if he's in the slot, which he's their primary slot receiver. Titans give up a lot of yards there, so it's an interesting. That's an interesting prop. Early to me. lean is over. Early lean is over for sure. You can read the tea leaves, Trophy Kids. <laughs> I might put that out on the at Trophy Kids Pod uh, Twitter handle. So we'll take a look. But I I do like that number. Um, anything else before we kind of move on from this one? Or no, I'm just I'm hoping it stays at three and a half. I am too. Yeah. This is one this is the one I'm not gonna make a pick. I'm gonna release the pick on Saturday. So make sure you're following socials. Um we gotta make sure we get those social numbers up. So make sure you're you're hanging on there. That's where the pick's gonna come. But I'm sort of with you early lean is Bengals unless I get some news that Derrick Henry is like one hundred percent ready to go. And it's like, well, okay, now I maybe change my opinion here. Um yeah, and I feel okay. like I, sh- you know, even though we we were kind of you know bashing the Titans, even though I think the Bills and the Chiefs are better than them, they did beat both those teams. They did, which is like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they beat some. They beat like every good team in the NFL this year. But I for know. some reason, I just disrespect them. <laughs> it's they're just uh, they have that kind of 
aura around them that when the games get tighter, when they get faster, deeper in the playoffs, mm-hmm. that they're just going to fade. They're sort of soft is what I would say outside of Derrick Henry, who's clearly not soft. Do yeah. not say that. <laughs> do not hurt me, man. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Yeah. Or Tyler Luan there. He might, he might hunt me down, who is also going to be healthy for this game, apparently. So it'll be interesting. That pick I'll release, but I think that's, that's a pretty good cover of them. Let's move on to the 49ers Packers, which is a game that's getting a lot of intrigue. This number opened at six, which I was kind of shocked about. I mean, I guess I kind of got it given the injury concerns that are around there, but I kind of thought it was opening maybe 4.5-ish. Um, it's at five and a half right now on FanDuel. Could move back to six, could go lower depending on injury news here. Over under 47 and a half. What do you make of this game as, I won't say the best game on the board, but a pretty damn good one? It's should be pretty good because obviously these teams have a lot of like playoff history. Um, Rogers, I believe, is zero and three against the Niners in the playoffs. He is, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, if he has an opportunity to really step on their throat, I expect him to. And this game, I just uh, how's Jimmy G? And I know he, Jimmy G has you know played in New England, um, but how's Jimmy G going to do when you know it's zero degrees? How you know how's the entire San Francisco team going to do that? That's where I'm a little bit concerned. And I just. It's hard to kind of trust the Packers just because, you know, I mean, they, they never live up to their expectations come playoff time. But something about this game, just with the weather, with that history of the Niners, you know, and Aaron Rodgers being 0-3, I just kind of feel like the Packers might actually kick the shit out of them. Um, I know that they played earlier this year, it was 28-30, um, Packers won, but, I mean, it's way different now. Um, so I actually, even though it's kind of a large spread here, I, I'm, I'm going Pack right now. It, this game is going to be so cold. Um, yeah. Like I think I kick off. It's supposed to feel like below, like negative ten is what I think I saw. The low is two degrees, and I think it's supposed <laughs> to feel like below freezing. So or minus like ten. That's a cold ass game, um, yeah. and I think there's legitimate concern. I mean, Jimmy G is dealing with a thumb injury. Like that's, I mean, apparently the team doctors have done a phenomenal job of numbing that up to where it doesn't affect the entire hand. But you know that he credits that now. You know, is it an excuse? Is there some legitimacy to it? He credits it to that interception where he kind of overthrew the guy in the, the Cowboys game, where he just couldn't get a good grip on the ball due to the injury. But like, mm-hmm. he played a pretty good. F- two quarters and then I do wonder maybe the numbing wore off a little bit loses his grip and we start to see him play a little less well but that's also Jimmy's history is like once yeah. the wheels start to fall off the bus they really fall off the bus like he's yeah. good until he gets hit in the mouth and then it's like doesn't respond that great um how fucking good is Debo Samuel so like can we just take a moment oh. before we get into this like how fucking so good, good this dude is so good An absolute started he could honestly he could if he really wanted to, he could probably rush for thirteen hundred yards. This man's amazing. Like I, I don't, I don't know if I would. Like I struggle with this. Like, is he the best overall player right now? Like when you, I don't know if I would say best overall, but it's hard because I'm like, you can play him at running back, you play him at wide receiver. When he gets into open space, he's arguably one of the best players in open space. Like maybe not like the best at a single thing, but like overall weapon, he might be the most dynamic weapon right now in the league. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I would agree with that. I really can't think of anyone off the top of my head. I mean, like there are better players. Oh yeah, he's not like the like I think Devontae Adams is a better wide receiver, right? Debo Samuel, but Debo Samuel as just a football player, dude, like his, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, he's a freak. 
a freak. I mean, <laughs> the most physical wide receiver I think I've ever seen. And that is something they did not have to deal with. I mean, when, it's crazy. Yeah, it's in, it, he is in absolute insanity. And they didn't have to deal with him at running back when they first played because outside of the Bengals-Titans game, these are all rematches from previous in, previously in the season. And Debo was not at running back. They're now using him at running back. They're running the ball better. The offense is a little bit more dynamic. So the 49ers do have that going for them. I think Nick Bosa is the big, big one that we have to worry about here. If you think Nick Bosa is going to play, I don't hate the value at five and a half, six. I also don't hate maybe teasing it up. Um, If he's not going to play, that becomes tougher because the Packers injury report looks a little bit more grim. Like Jerry Alexander is most likely going to be out. Um, they're going to have some other key guys probably out. The Nick Bosa thing, I've heard conflicting things, read conflicting things that, you know, he looked fine in practice. There hasn't been a ton of word on him. Well, not fine, but he practiced in a limited yeah. capacity type of deal. That's a big one, I think, because if they can't get after Rodgers with natural pressure, 49ers like to play a lot of zone. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's a fucking nightmare when you play man, but he's going to. Just similar to Tom Brady against the Eagles last week. Like he's the quarterback that like okay. if you play you play zone, he's just gonna cut kill you by a thousand paper clips or paper clips, mm-hmm. paper cuts. <laughs> like it's just death by a thousand paper cuts because he's just gonna take what you give him and just keep marching down the field. And the concern is if you get up early, if they get up early, Jimmy G cannot play from behind. But that can work in I could see that working the 49ers favor if it's a slow game and they're moving offensively. I do have okay. questions about this Packers defense. I know people love it. And it has firmed up, but like down the stretch, they did not play the best quarterbacks the league has to offer. They played some pretty bummish quarterbacks, if we're being honest here, down the stretch. So how good is that, especially with Jerry Alexander? I think there's value in the 49ers at six if you think Bose is going to play, which I lean towards. If you think Bose is not going to play, well, then I Bosa, think... The- as soon as Bose went out last week, that game changed. Oh, 100%. Instantly. Yes. Right away. Instantly did. Um, are you doing anything total wise, or are we staying? You think and staying away from that? I lean towards the under, honestly. I do too. I think it's going to be a lot. Like I said, a lot of kind of like short passes from the Packers. Take what the the Forty ers give you. The bend don't break, and then they're going to run the ball. Yeah. So tick 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 tick. Time yep. off the clock. I'm with you on that. Yep. <clears throat> All right, let's talk about a game that we said. We made the prediction when it happened earlier in the season. We said Rams are probably going to win the first one, and then they're going to meet off, meet in the playoffs, and depending on where these two teams are, Bucks might kick the shit out of them, Rams might kick the shit out of them, but they're going to meet again in the playoffs. We got that right. They are meeting again in the playoffs. The line is three. The over-under is 48.5. I clearly did a ton of work on this one. I am I have a lot of nervous points, so I'm going to let you go first and yeah. <laughs> um, see how I'll we go, go from there. I'll go first here. Um, <laughs> My prediction, I, I think I remember pretty clearly, was yeah, the Rams were going to win this one, and then the Bucks were going to kick the shit out of the playoffs. Unfortunately for you, Nate, I don't feel as confident in the Bucks kicking the shit out of the Rams anymore. I don't either. <laughs> um, I mean, just personnel-wise, the Rams have gotten a lot better, um, and the Bucks have gotten a lot worse due to injuries and players are moving their shirts and running off the field. Like they just have gotten worse per- personnel-wise. Unfortunately, um, I think. Getting Gronk back, you know, was huge and is yep. huge, especially for Tom. Um, I like um, a Gronk anytime touchdown bet. Love that. Um, I should have mentioned that last week. Didn't. Um, oh, well. But I do like Gronk for anytime touchdown. I can't decide. On, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Rams plus three, um, but it's tough, man. Um, 
you just you just never know. Just the Rams just randomly lay eggs sometimes too, and I don't really have I don't really have a pick yet. I, I really don't. I'm I'm leaving I'm leaning Rams, but I, I don't feel totally confident with it. Yeah, I I have a lot of nervous matchups in this game, um, to say the least. A lot of nervous energy going into this one. Um, what I said at the beginning of the season has been 100% true. The only way the Bucks do not win the Super Bowl is two things. Injuries and dumb coaching. And uh, both of those are really hitting the perfect storm for this game. Because on the injury front, Worth being down might be the most crucial injury. He's probably the most important player outside of Tom Brady on the offense right now because we can lose Godwin with the depth we have at wide receiver, but we don't have a ton of depth on the offensive line. It's something I said in the in when we went and did this back preseason in the NFC South breakdown. His replacement and how we shuffle the line is not great, which means we're probably going to have to kick Gronk in if he can't go to block more. I mean, he'll still go out and run, and I would expect him, you know, as we get closer to the goal line to be more of a passing threat and get the ball out quick, but, like, he's going to be blocking, I think, a lot more, which is unfortunate. If Worth can go, huge. We'll see what capacity out of that. I mean, he's played every snap this year, and he's only allowed two sacks, and he's had one hold. The man is a stud. Um, And then you have Ryan Jensen inside, who's also banged up. He's dealing with an ankle injury. Now, he is going to go and play. How effective will he be? I mean, he's a pro bowler type of guy. He's got his hands full with Aaron Donald. Tom Brady's kryptonite is pressure up the middle, though. He hates it. Oh, yeah. And that is something where the Rams can really succeed here. And they do a great job of not needing to blitz to get it because of what they have on that front. And so that's concerning. So that's the biggest concern off of that. Then the coaching thing is a concern. Are we going to be able to take advantage of what is a very weak linebacking core in coverage and a really banged up secondary? I mean, the safety play is terrible. So the middle of the field, we should be taking advantage of. I assume Mike Evans is probably just going to be, well, it's probably going to be a less than normal factor in this game because Jalen Ramsey, I think, will that matchup will be interesting. So we need guys like Tyler Johnson, who I think has a bunch of untapped potential. Now, don't read that into, like, he's going to be a star, but I think he can be a very good, kind, complimentary wide receiver. He's going to get a shot in this game. He's going to have to play really well. Geo to the backfield is going to have to play really well. Cameron Braid's going to have to really play well for this offense to go. So that is a nightmare situation, essentially. It's like, if Worth can't go, like, that's nightmarish. Yeah. Because then Gronk has to block more, and we can't use him in the middle of the field where the Rams are really weak. Because, like, if he's in and Gronk doesn't have to help blocking as much, Holy shit, that man is going to have a career day against that linebacking core. It would be insanity. So, injury to watch. Um, Defensively, I am also very nervous because which Rams team is going to show up? I'm assuming the first one because the last couple weeks they've become very run heavy. But when they first met, Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay threw the ball 63% on first downs. They identified you can... Now, while if you look at the stats, the Bucks are giving up the second least amount of yards per pass attempt right now. So you're like, oh, the defense has gotten better. It's like, yeah, as long as you don't attack us on early downs and don't make it obvious passing downs. Like The reason teams get into problems is they they get into obvious passing downs. We pin our ears back. We get home on our pressure, and we sack you. Like Last yeah. week, if you go back and watch that Eagles game, 
we should have gotten torch. If it had been any other quarterback besides Jalen Hurts, there were plays to be made. Like there were some big time opportunities where we should have gotten torch. So I'm a little concerned about that, especially because Stafford is really great at be- beating pressure. We bring pressure at the highest rate in the NFL. It's not even close to the next one. You know, we have Devin White, who's a phenomenal linebacker, but he's not great in coverage. He's much more of a downhill guy. Levante David, getting him back's huge. Getting Shaq Barrett's huge. JPP, getting him back's big, but he has a pretty significant injury from what I hear and read, and he's probably going to have surgery in the offseason. The secondary was safe to get Murphy Burfing, Murphy Burfing, Sean Murphy Bunting back. Um, That would be huge. But there are some bad, there are some tough matchups here. Health is the biggest concern. The Rams have not health, great health in their secondary, and that is why I am very much leaning to a potential over here. Bruce and McVay have show, met three times, mm-hmm. all three times the over has hit. I think that if the coaching is solid for the Bucks and we have a good game plan, which I think Tom will, there are opportunities to score. The Rams are going to have opportunities to score. Yeah. I am nervous about the game. I do like the value in the Rams, though. I think... Yeah. The Bucks can. I, do. <laughs> I think the Bucks can win. It's still possible, but it's going to require an A effort, and yeah. I don't know. I have reservations about our offensive play calling because, as we've seen, Tom Brady has had to take over a good portion of that last year. Once we left the bye, that offense changed pretty dramatically to one that I saw a lot of in New England. <laughs> um, and at various points this season, I've seen. Tom changed some things, so I am very concerned about our play calling. And, uh, yeah, I'm concerned about some matchups, to say the least, due to primarily injuries in the way we have to play this game. Yeah, I don't really disagree with much that you said. I think you should be kind of nervous. (laughs) Yeah. Also a stat that terrifies me, and we'll see if he has the same success, but on third down in that first meeting, Matthew Stafford averaged 15.7 yards per pass on third down. That's a lot of yards. That's that's a first down. Yeah, and then some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they converted they converted on third down <laughs> at an outrageous rate the first that's game. Wild. So also not something that gives me a lot of confidence, but does help make the lean towards the over. I think in this one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I'm pretty convinced on the over actually. Yeah, um, not my bet of the week. My bet of the week is the next game, but and I also think. I think right now the way I'm playing this is I, I'm betting Rams plus three, but ho- I'm clearly hoping for a Bucks win, obviously. But I'm taking the value in the three because if they do win, I think it's going to be a very close game. Like, field goal seems about right. So I'm taking value yeah. in the three. I'd love a hook on that if I could get one, though. But I'll take the three. <laughs> yeah. And then you can read between the tea leaves if you want on any other part of that. But injuries are scaring the shit out of me for this game. Because it's like, it, in my mind, it's like the perfect storms of like the matchup is really bad based on the injuries. Like if we were playing another team, like if we were playing the Packers, these injuries would yeah. not as matter as much for me. I'd be like, no, we're fine here. I think there's this is a good matchup. But the guy, the key, the guy, the guys that we are missing or that are playing banged up versus their counterpart on the other side is just bad matchups back and forth. Yeah. So it's tough. It's going to be tough. But... If Worth can go, that could change what Gronk is able to do. If he can't go, I would assume he's going to be blocking a lot. But he will be a big-time threat as we get close to the red zone. So I do like touchdown anytime prop. That, I think, is a very solid bet. <laughs> yep. I like that. All righty. I think game of the week, my bet of the week, this should be a fun one. Yeah. Bills versus Chiefs. The line has moved to one and a half. Over-unders 53 and a half. 
how do we make this game? Because I think this is going to be a good one. I I think so too, and it's just they're meeting in the divisional round. I mean, they might be the two best teams in the NFL. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right now I would say. I mean, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, obviously, the teams met before. Buffalo really kicked the shit out of them. Um, there's just there's something about obviously we see it on the field. He's incredible. Just just but just the way he seems to carry himself. There's something about Josh Allen that's kind of changed. Remember, like two maybe two might have been two or three. I can't remember two or three years ago in the playoffs when he just fucking lateraled the ball with like a minute ten seconds left in the fourth. Hell was going on? Like and it just like seemed like the moment was way too big for him. And I don't know what happened, but that seems to have just gone away. Like yep. It, it, nothing seems to be too big for him, and he just kind of has this way that he carries himself that just, I don't know, I, I just like feel like I can't bet against him right now. So I, I think I'm going to stick with the Bills, and obviously, you know, when you got one and a half, like, let's go money line, um, I'm going to take them to win. Um, it would be awesome if we get a Bills-Bengals AFC championship. That would be the cool, that, that would be the best thing that's happened in football in decades. Like, that would be the coolest thing ever. So I'm hoping that happens. Um, we'll see. Though. I, I just I know the Chiefs they're playing well too, but they played the Steelers. Come on, I, yeah. I mean, come on. The, the I mean the Bills they beat down the Patriots. They beat down a Bill Belichick team. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna go with the Bills. They're rolling right now. Yeah, I, I think for our fans, there's one thing to be somewhat cautious of, but I think still plays well in this. The Bills are gonna come down a little bit from last week. But yeah, I don't think yeah. it's going to be much because they completed what I believe is the NFL's first ever perfect offensive game where they had every single drive ended in a touchdown. They never punted the ball. They never had an interception, never had a fumble, never went for a field goal, all touchdowns. Josh Allen threw for more touchdowns than he threw for incompletions, So, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe the game I watched. Like, I honestly couldn't believe that I watched a team, every time they touched the ball, score a touchdown. It was insanity. It was. That game was just like, oh, they scored again? Yeah. They oh. scored again. I mean, New England couldn't do a thing. I mean, it was just unbelievable. From The, the Bills fans were just like, their heads were like blowing off their bodies. They couldn't <laughs> believe it. Those fans were just like, oh my God. The Ryan Fitzpatrick pictures from the crowd with his oh. shirt off like a maniac was hilarious. So funny. <laughs> so we're not going to get that, but we still should get yeah. some offensive fireworks here because it's funny. These two teams' defenses play the type of defense that the other team wants to see from an offensive standpoint. Like The Bills want to see you be super aggressive and try to yeah. man up on you because Josh Allen is going to light you up or he's going to become a designated runner, and they're going to put up some points there. Knox is going to go off. I think he's going to have probably a pretty big game here. I mean, the big thing is Brian Dable. That's that is your head coach, head candidate right there. Like what you're talking about is the work Brian Dable did with Josh Allen and the two of them, like bettering each other and the play calling. Brian Dable's going back to his old ways and is really lighting up the league. Like if you're an organization looking for a coach, like he's got to be up there with the Eric Benemies of the world as like one of the leading candidates because the work he's done with Josh Allen is incredible. Have you ever watched Josh Allen in college? <laughs> yes. He was bad. He yes. couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was the knock, his accuracy. That, the whole thing, you can't fix accuracy is what people kept saying, and then he met Brian Abel. <laughs> he, yeah, he somehow it, his was fixed. I mean, he had an unbelievable arm, but he couldn't hit anything. 
ton of raw talent, which we now have seen. I mean, once again, I, I'm not. We're not the ones championing this because there are other people out there <laughs> saying this. But like, if you want to see Josh Allen perform at his greatest, build a dome for your next stadium and see what this man will do there. <laughs> yeah. My God. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so they play super aggressive. And then the other side, the Bills, I mean, the Bills built their defense to try to beat the Chiefs. They have five DBs out there at like all times. The only problem yep. is, is they play soft zone coverage most of the time and they don't change from that. And Patrick Mahomes is like, okay, I'll take that. I have Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill that if you let get on an under route, he's going to make some plays in the open space. <laughs> um, yep. And we're going to get some guys out of the backfield. And the Andy Reid system does a very good job with that the thing that gives the bills i think hope is a recipe that the bucks implored last year the bills do a phenomenal job at getting pressure they get pressure at the highest rate currently in the nfl and they don't have to do it blitzing so they blitz at one of the lowest rates in the nfl and they get pressure at one of the highest so that is a pretty good mixture like they're blitzing at about 26 percent, but they're getting pressure at 30.8 percent, which is the highest right now in the nfl so they're getting home with natural pressure, which is a problem with Patrick Mahomes if you can drop everybody back and speed him up because he likes to pull out of the back end of the pocket as long as you roll your defensive lineman that way. It can cause some issues. So I think imploring, if they're smart, if the Bills are smart, you implore a very similar type of defensive scheme that the Bucks did last year in the Super Bowl. But there's still opportunities for a lot of points. And if we're being realistic about this, the Bills' defense has only really played two quarterbacks, and that was... Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Outside of that, they haven't played a lick of anything. Like the quarterbacks they've had to face this year have not been very good. Um, and so they've had the second easiest schedule of offenses in the league right now. Why I'm all saying this is my bet of the week is the over. I love 53 and a half. The weather's going to be fine. It's like 40 degrees. There's like very low winds are like 10 miles per hour. I think low chance of any kind of rain weather. They would have hit that over the first game. If that was the over and they, if people forget it was a bad rain game, they had a delay in that game. They came out stiff and then it went off. So I love the over. I know 53 and a half is a little high. I'd go almost all the way to 55 and a half is where I probably maybe cut that off, but I love the over at 53 and a half in this game. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I think we've got a lot of fireworks in this game. an awesome game it's gonna be absolutely awesome um and i don't think a ton of defense i i don't know if i have a side yet i kind of want to see what this number does like if it moves at all um so i'm gonna kind of hold off on a side i might tweet that out in one of my nice little videos i've been doing but the over 53 and a half is my my play of the week for me i like it all righty nice i think we did a solid job just kind of blowing through those games in 30 minutes here um anything else before we uh get out of here not the majors like i said great games there's not like one game where i'm like this game kind of sucks so i'm pretty happy they should all be very good i mean we're getting to the good type of football which is nice it's not it's all action-packed and we get it on saturday and sunday it sets up beautifully well Soaking in while we still have it because we only got three more of these NFL pods before it's done so for the year. I mean, we have like, I don't know, like seven more total games. I know yeah. it's depressing to bring up, but. Dude, it's so depressing. Like, <laughs> hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I know, dude. So true. Oh. <laughs> like, that's We're all. We're in the show on a real sad note. <laughs> 
whatever. We're going to get great football. It's going to be good. Enjoy yeah. it. Soak it up. Yeah. Sit in your couches. Yeah. Go to a bar wherever you enjoy watching football. I went to a bar for the Bengals game. I mean, I felt like I don't normally like to go watch. I like to watch games mm-hmm. in my house because I'm a fucking yeah. lunatic during some of these betting and I don't need to be in a public space but we did go to a bar um, in Cincinnati because we had to Bengals hadn't won in 30 years this playoff yeah. game electric I mean I bet was the best so you know watch I the bet. game where you want to but these are going to be some electric games to say the least for sure alrighty that'll do it for us as always peace